Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. The average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast to wrap up your week. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and this will last at least double the length of MLB and the MLBPA's latest meeting. We're going to touch on that in a little bit. Who thought the one o'clock meeting would be over before the podcast started? Me, you, probably all of us. It is. It's done. More importantly, on the Yankee side of things, because they still have a roster to worry about, you heard the Derek Jeter chance in the intro, the last captain of the Yankees. Is Aaron Judge the next captain of the Yankees, or is his Yankee career going to be done too soon? He went on the R2C2 podcast this week, released on Thursday, and said some very eye-opening things about the way the Yankees are handling this negotiation and what the future might hold for him, whether he's the captain or whether he is gone. We will dive into those. Another outfielder is having a little bit of trouble coming to dollar turns with his current team. Juan Soto, is there an opening here for the Yankees after word leaked that he turned down a deal just before the lockout? Or is that just Yankee fans doing Yankee fan things and talking about the best player in baseball? Well, either way, we're going to do it. And uh, a BP session that included two current Yankees infielders and one very interesting non-current Yankee. We're going to break it all down. I honestly can't remember the last time we have had more to talk about, but that's no reason not to check out the back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us those five-star reviews along with a mailbag question and review. We'll be happy to answer it. Had a reviewer this week call me out for saying that we always ask for five-star reviews. That's how podcasts work. So congrats on finding the one podcast that asks for five-star reviews, but we would really appreciate them either way. Whether you're going to be snarky about it or normal, and again, find it on YouTube, on Mondays and Thursdays, <clears throat> 2 o'clock Eastern Time, streaming live for you and on Twitter as well. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Aaron Judge, future Yankee or Aaron Judge, future Mariner? Ooh, I don't know. Future Blue Jay, why not kill us 
Kill us yeah, while San you're there. Giant, where's he gonna go? <clears throat> yeah. Giants, yeah, Giants would be cool. Um, hey, Dodgers, maybe Dodgers have a ton of people coming off the books after next season. So you really, you really don't know. But um, this was particularly eye-opening for me uh, because you know who Aaron Judge is. I think he's been here long enough for you to at least understand his personality, his uh, his characteristics, um, what's par for the course for him. Um, and when Aaron Judge is faced with tough questions in front of the media, um, he answers them, but he doesn't particularly provide the most insightful or detailed or revealing answers or commentary to that question. He usually says what he has to very captain-like. You know, we've, we've compared him to Jarrett Jeter in terms of uh, <clears throat> how he handles the media and how he handles his life off of the field. Um, and I think that's a fair and admirable comparison. But now, now. You have Aaron Judge in month three of the lockout appearing on a very well-known podcast with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco, the R2C2 podcast. <clears throat> and in case you haven't been following Yankees content as religiously as some other fans have, you would know that any Yankees content on that podcast blows up. Blows up. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter who it's about. It, it makes its rounds on Yankees Twitter. And it creates all the hoopla that you can imagine. So I think Aaron Judge's um, uh, motive here was to play it, play a role in getting more of the fans on board with his situation. Because it's one thing to get eliminated in embarrassing fashion by the Boston Red Sox and then have a moment of like – reminiscing on the good times because your season just came crashing down and being like, yeah, man, I'd love to remain a Yankee for life heading into a contract year. It'd be certainly great. It's another thing to talk about those contracts or talk about that contract situation at length um, and then allude to a potential future without the Yankees. um, And then even, and then even be willing to answer at length about the captain uh, captainship or whatever the correct terminology would be. But he also had a lengthy response there. So um, when you have fans that are down bad right now, because the lockout is continuing to take a toll. Um, and I've determined, I think the MLB owners should probably reimburse all the content creators that they're affecting throughout this entire right. thing. So maybe like a $5,000 bonus check. It's certainly possible. There's not that many of us. It'll probably like be like five mil or something when all is said and done. I think it's reasonable. Um, but judge making sure to bring up a subject as touchy as this one, because Yankee fans are worried about that. They're worried about 2022 and they're also worried about the future. So um, with all the uncertainty with the lockout, with the Yankees roster heading into what feels like a boomer uh, or a do or die season because of all the questions they have, um, he, he hit right where he needed to hit. And this is going to be a talking point for now until now, until opening day, and everyone's going to be saying, okay, Yankees, if you don't have a, four offers in hand for Aaron Judge when the lockout ends, um, what are you doing? What, why do you even exist as, as an organization? Um, so good on Aaron Judge. I'm glad he, he opened up. I'm glad he spoke about this. It's a pertinent topic. It's worthwhile for all of us to hear, and it's a good bit of information while we're deprived of so much over these last three months. The poll quote that everyone's going to take from this, and rightfully so, was Judge talking about the extension, saying if we get an extension done before the season starts, that would be great. If it doesn't happen, and this is my last year, I had a lot of great memories. Now, I don't know if it was likely that an extension would get done before the season started, even before the lockout began and knocked conservatively three months off that estimate. You know, December gone, January gone, it's February 17th. I don't think we can count on February anymore. Like, even if we had those months, I don't even know if it was realistic to say, uh, you know, we're going to get something done before the season begins. They hadn't even discussed things in detail um, prior to the season ending, as as far as we know. I mean, Judge, the way he kept saying it was, I'd love to be a Yankee forever and ever, amen, but I don't have any clarity on, on that or whatnot. Um, this is definitely the first time we've seen him look in the mirror and reflect on the reality that he might not be on the team beyond the end of this year. And, and of course, he's speaking about embracing the captaincy, too, and he's willing, you know, whether it happens, if it happens, whatever happens, if it does or doesn't. He, he seems to be, you know, willing to accept different fates there and is open to whether or not that's something the team wants to do, whether it's an honor they want to bestow upon them. But even if it's not, 
an admission that he's going to leave the team, even if he's not outright saying, if we don't have a deal done by opening day, I will leave the New York Yankees next season. That's not what he's saying. He's not making a declarative, but even having the idea floated, I mean, this is the first time we've heard him say, if it doesn't work out, I had great memories here, which is never what you want to hear from a top 10 MLB player on a team that makes money everywhere at every turn, whether the Yankees had a tough pandemic or not, whether they had the worst 2020 of anyone, which Hal Steinbrenner keeps telling us, we got hit harder than anyone else because, of course, the Yankees are revenue drivers. They make more money than most teams. So theoretically, they probably also lost money, but they had a better nest egg to rely on and whatever. You know, I'm done talking about whether the Yankees really, if they just lost the most money during the pandemic or if they actually got affected more than other rosters, I tend to think that, you know, it's a drop in the bucket in their typical finances. But yeah, they just sure they didn't did. gain what they were used to gaining, and that was yeah. that was it. They, they got hit. I'm not going to be like, your pandemic was awesome. But yeah. then again, you're not the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, but to hear about that and, and to hear about, you know, what you're watching the Mookie Betts trade happen in Boston, everybody screams about it. We're, we're all outraged all the time now. Rightfully so. There was a good reason to scream about that trade. You're trading a top five player in baseball before his contract year. You're one of the three richest teams in baseball. You are the Yankees junior. You're not a small market team. You're trading Mookie Betts. Everyone yells about it. And then, of course, the 2020 Red Sox tank. You get the fourth overall pick. The 2021 Red Sox make very few changes to the roster. Add a couple of glue guys. And all of a sudden, 92 wins. Win a wild card game. Get the stroke of luck. The Yankees don't. Beat the Rays and they're in the LCS. They're two wins away from the World Series. So, if you think these aren't watching that, you're wrong. Clearly, that's factored into their decision about whether or not to extend big-bodied Aaron Judge, who Mookie Betts is tiny. People with his frame don't typically hold up that well over the course of two-decade careers in Major League Baseball. They lose their pop. When they lose their speed, their profile starts to go a little bit. We've never had a player like 6'7 Aaron Judge before. So I do understand the age's reticence to say, and the opposite end of the spectrum, his profile is the opposite of bets, is how much longer can this possibly last? We already have Giancarlo stand on the books, who can't play the outfield full-time, similar body. When does Judge become a first baseman? When does he become a DH? All of these worries are valid if you're going to be ruthlessly fishing and creating a roster. But then again, you are the New York Yankees. The Boston Red Sox are the Boston Red Sox. If you extend Aaron Judge and make a mistake, you can absorb it. The question is whether you intend to absorb it and act like the New York Yankees, or whether you are too worried about making a mistake that you're completely unwilling to dip your foot in that pool, in which case, Judge said it himself, he's gone. Yeah. Perfectly said. I mean, this it's it's going to be a tough situation. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of the discourse taking up our time between if he's not signed before. That's the other thing with the Yankees. The Yankees love avoiding distraction. They love avoiding controversy. And I don't know why you would invite having your star player head into a contract year without security um, when he's coming off a season in which he proved to you. Look, I know it's complicated. Judge has been healthy for now two full seasons. Um, And uh, there's, I know some might not feel that that's enough, Um, but when he's healthy, he's a top 10 player in baseball. You could make the argument for top five. Um, and there's no reason that a team with as much resources and as much spending power that the Yankees have shouldn't have this guy under contract after the amount of money that they overspent for guys like Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole. I'm not saying they're not deserving of the money. I'm saying they had no problem giving that type, uh, you know, that those gigantic contracts or inheriting those gigantic contracts for players who are not as good as Aaron Judge, I, I think is fair to say. Um, judges consistent on both sides of the ball. Um, team war leader last year. Um, I think that's indicative of what he is going to do. Um, so, yeah. So let's end the lockout so we can actually do something of note with our best players. And speaking of the lockout, um, everyone got, uh, once again, everyone fucking excited. Oh, my God. MLB and the players are meeting this week. This is great. What's going to come out of this? What do you think is going to come out of this? Because it's nothing. It, it's always been nothing. I don't, can we get the energy of just expecting nothing? Everybody's excited. Oh my God, they're meeting this week. This is this is great. Can it's you an event this? when they're meeting. It's a negotiation. You have to be meeting every day. We we shouldn't be throwing parties for the one o'clock meeting. It should be a I meeting agree. every single day. I don't understand. I mean, I I do understand because you want this I to do. get resolved as soon as possible. You want 
spring training, the pitchers and catchers were supposed to pour, uh, report on Tuesday, I think it was. They're not there. Um, and you're now, you know, we've, we've taken for granted the little bullshit snippets of content that we get from, you know, players taking nonsense batting practice or pitchers warming up in the outfield. Um, but guess what? We miss it. It sucks. So I understand getting excited, but there is no reason to have any positivity when it comes to these two sides. MLB and the players met again today. Uh, if we were to refresh your memory a little bit, players were given an out offer on Saturday, swiftly declined, have not come up with a counter proposal. They met today for 15 minutes. So I'm going to, I'm going to yell now about the players because mm-hmm. I blame the owners first and foremost, they started this lockout. They made this worse than it should be. And they are the ones profiting hand over fist, regardless of really what's happening. Players don't exist. Owners don't have a team that they don't have a luxury suite to sit in and a giant lobster steak buffet to, to eat for five hours during the game. So this is what pisses me off about what the players are doing, because I talked about last time about how this needs to be more fluid. The players need to come back and put pressure on the owners. That's how this is going to get done. The owners honestly don't really care if they're going to miss games and the players should care because the players are losing salary. All the owners are doing is they're just not gaining the profits that they would otherwise gain. Kind of like the argument that we talk about the pandemic all the time. It's like, you didn't go negative 500 million into the hole. You just didn't make the 500 million that you were expecting to make. So great. Just live a year of modesty, I guess, instead of making, you know, making hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, players should be concerned. Players need to put pressure on the owners where they deem fit. The issues that are most important to them and, and hold the most weight. Because this is a negotiation, guys. Neither side is going to come out with a majority or all of the victories on their side. The players need to determine what is most valuable to them. And so I see this today, and this just drives me up a wall. So we talked about the pre-arbitration bonus pool that the players were hoping to get. They pitched $100 million, right? The owners countered with what? $10 million, which is a ridiculous 15, count. I believe, yeah, 15. Yeah, 15. So then... The players don't counter with a number. They just keep saying, we want $100 million. Okay, great. So that doesn't, that's not going to work. If the owners are think it should be that little and you think it should be that high, I'm not saying it needs to be exactly in the middle, but it can't be the same talking point that you brought to the table last time. So today, the MLBPA requested an increase from that $100 million to $115 million in exchange for arbitration eligibility class to include 80% of the players with two years of service time instead of 100. So there's no difference. If you're subtracting 15, if you're subtracting 20% of the people and adding 15% more of money on top of it, there's no loss. There's no, there's no give and take there. They're just chopping from one area and replenishing from another. I understand what they want to do. I totally support it. I think there should be some sort of pre-arbitration bonus pool that rewards the guys who are being underpaid um, and uh, who get stuck in arbitration. Arbitration is a long time, and sometimes you don't get it your way, especially in the beginning when the when the teams fight and you have to go to the panel and somebody has to rule on it. It's complicated, and it sucks. I'm fully there for bonuses and other advantages that pl- that younger players can explore, but this is not negotiating. This is just... We want this, and great. If they want this, if they want this 115 million, then they need to. There needs to be something else that they're they're seemingly giving the owners. Because as much as I would love to take everything from the owners and give it to the players and and the fans or literally whoever else, the people on the street who don't have jobs or a house, like let's give it, let's give it to everybody. Um, they're not. There, there is no way you're going to go into a negotiation and expect the owners to be like, oh, dude, last CBA. You know, we kind of railroaded you. So, you know what? Here's all the talking points that we think we were unfair with, and we're going to swing it in your direction now. So, balls in your court, guys. What do you want to do? It just doesn't work like that, and it seems like the MLB is the MLBPA is trying to draw such a fine line and a hard bargain with what they want, and it's not going to work because they are the ones who need who are going to lose more by not playing games. The owners already said they're fine with not playing games. So there's got to be some give and take here. And if the meeting lasted 15 minutes and you wouldn't 
either come down from this aspect of the proposal or provide something else that gives the owner some sort of incentive to accept this, then this is the worst negotiation in history. Nobody's going to come out with a massive win here. Nobody's going to end up looking at the the players and the owners. You know what the owners aren't going to let the players do? Come out with a huge victory so that when the season resumes, they they can say MLBPA save season gets 85% of what they want owners grovel in dirt like that that's unlikely to happen as much as you and i want to dream up in, in a 15 minute meeting is a slap in the face uh, an increase in a pool that the owners aren't even close to is is a slap in the face it, it's not a well you want to talk about mlbpa and mlb negotiating in bad faith mlb is certainly negotiating in bad faith it's yeah. also bad faith to raise something that major league baseball is coming nowhere close to to say we want 100, you're giving us 10. We want 100, you're giving us 15. Fine, we want 115. Unless there's something I'm missing that doesn't feel like good Correct. faith either. And this is just another reason to be upset by the, the fact that these meetings are a national holiday. They're like 40 days at the start of the lockout where Major League Baseball did not reach out to the players. They did nothing. They kicked the can down the road so that they could start this animosity and this unserious negotiation way too late. So people could start blaming both sides and say, you know, well, the players need to immediately accept what the owners are putting forth. The owners locked out the players. The two sides were nowhere close at the start. Everybody assured us it would not be this high pressure scenario that the sides would come to an agreement. That spring training might be slightly delayed, but we wouldn't miss any games. And then the owners decided not to talk to anybody for 40 days. So lion's share of the blame falls on the owners for locking out the players and for shutting the conversation down before it started but you're right we are in nut cutting time we aren't at the i don't want players making massive concessions and you are at the point where you're seeing fans saying like just take the mlb's deal already let's get down there that's not how it works either nobody should be the owners are never going to accept this very player slanted deal the player should never accept this obscenely owners slanted deal that makes almost no concessions and i hate when i see it framed in tweets like the player, the owners uh, are putting forth this. Let's see how the players bend in response. The owners aren't bending at all. Nobody's yeah. bending, so it's not like anybody's giving and taking. Um, it, obviously, the owners are the ones who locked out the players. The owners are the ones who shut the conversation down to start. The players should not be bending over backwards to take the owners' garbage deal. But no one's getting any closer, and the players move further away on Thursday, which is an absurd thing to do at this juncture when we are two days into Major League Spring Training. Yeah, and I understand this is difficult, guys. The owners have put the onus on the players. They have made this negotiate. They started this negotiation in terribly shitty faith, and they've continued to do so in that manner with the uh, with the talks that are few and far between, with the counter offers or the offers that uh, that the players are rightfully balking at. But you got to play the game. The players need to play the game. There needs to be faster negotiations here. They need to put, look, you want to talk about all these people who are, you know, all the people who have said something about the players at this point who are like, I don't know what's going on. Why, why is this happening? Why, why, why isn't there more of an urgency with the players union? If the players union just had the lawyers spent an all nighter and went through the entire proposal, picked out what they think the owners might be willing to bend on, and offered a proposal within 48 hours and demanded to meet, they could spin the whole media narrative fully in their favor. I understand it already pretty much is in their favor, but if you want to talk about putting pressure and assessing blame, they can. you can't let this information leak about the arbitration pool because then it makes the players look like they're not really doing anything. And why did the meeting end after 15 minutes? We only have that nugget of information to go off of. I'm not saying that we know everything, and I'm not saying the players are to blame, but there needs to be... I don't know how there there's no urgency on the play on the player side to put pressure and to spin the narrative in uh, against the owner's favor. And that should be the goal here. And I don't know why it's not happening. And it makes me think that there's just apathy here. And it makes me just feel more and more like the MLBPA doesn't really care because they know that all of their top guys either got deals or have deals. You look at free agency right now, there's a couple of guys out there who are stars. They're going to get paid. But for the most part, the problem in every sport is like the top 10% of athletes 
get most of the money and then everybody else can be like cut tomorrow for $50,000 and then that's the end of their career. So we also have to keep in mind that this is a battle of the upper echelon classes here. Um, and I don't want to think that, but based on what's happening with these negotiations, it, 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 it just drives me to think that that's more of the reality than not. Um, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be negative anymore. I want to be, I want to yeah. be happy. Welcome to, to the happy. Bernie Sanders podcast. The, uh, the top, <laughs> of the top 1% of baseball players. Um, I, yeah, it's, it sucks guys. Um, and we, we're going to wrap it up. We're not going to talk about this much longer, but the Windy City Pod asked when our best guess is for the start of the season. I'll throw numbers out there. I mean, right now it's very depressing. Uh, Thomas, you say May 1st. May 1st. Um, I, I say June 1st. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Great. I, I, I mean, I, I think yours is the – I think May, it's not before May 1st. I think Mine's I'm now almost like that. a really best-case scenario, it feels like. Yeah. That was, I mean, I, like a really damn good scenario. Hassan saying they have like 11 days to stop, you know, the season from being delayed at all. And as somebody who's been counting down a lot of days this year, I'm getting married in the fall. I have a lot of stuff to get done before the wedding. I, I'm doing a big old show in New York City on March 29th. If anybody's here, um, if you like comedy and The Sopranos, let's put this on the podcast. Who cares? But I got a lot of deadlines. I started the year with a lot of deadlines, so I know how quickly 11 days can go away. Uh, you're going to blink and 11 days are going to be gone and we're moving backwards here. So there's just no way that we're any May 1st is a, a, a reasonable estimate, I guess. I mean, how crazy would you have to be to cancel more than a month of games? But then again, uh, moving backwards, 115% pool. Maybe it's a $130 million next month. I, I, I can't believe we're doing this. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. Huh? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto. And my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Let's move on to a little pleasant news. Uh, depending on how you feel about a stop cap short stuff, I guess it's not that pleasant, actually. Didi Gregorius is set to make $15 million almost this year, 14.5 mil with the Philadelphia Phillies in the final year of his contract. He was terrible last season. Offensive metrics way down. Hard hit velocity, exit velo, all that good stuff. Percentage, walk percentage, K percentage, terrible. Very little power, did not hit the ball with authority, defense bad. All of that is the preface of this conversation. We've talked in the past about how he's not the fit for 2022 at shortstop. But I will say, I said this this morning in an article I wrote, um, look, it's not the most uh, intellectual argument ever put forth. I don't feel great about saying it out loud. But if the Yankees are going to get a stopgap shortstop this year, and they're down to Nick Ahmed, Isaiah Kiner, Falefa, and Didi, and, and they can get the Phillies to eat some money, I'm not in favor. I'm not pumping my fist. He's the, I, I would rather have, I, I think honestly, either two other people. But if they do end up getting DD at a discount, they get the Phillies to pay, what, $8 million, They pay six point five or something for one year. It would be an extremely interesting chemistry experiment because nothing has looked the same since he left. There were rumors he was dissatisfied in 2019. People talked about how he was uncomfortable and brusque with the media and how it would be a blessing in disguise to get rid of him. Well, the Yankees got worse. So did he. He got worse as a player. Decent 2020, very bad 2021. There were no winners to the divorce. He said Glaber Torres out there. You want to talk about bad fielding? That didn't help. So it's not like Didi's profile was replaced by somebody who was an instant impact glove short. They're still looking to fill that hole two years later. It's not like it went particularly well for either side. But it would be a hell of a chemistry experiment to say 2017 to 2019 feel different than 2020 and 2021. What was the main difference? We added Derek Cole. Stanton got healthier and better. Judge got healthier and better. Why did we get worse? Chemistry and depth and bring Didi Gregorius back. All of this to say, Didi put out a hype video on Wednesday night showing that he was taking BP with Glaber Torres and Giorgella, making a real point. To make a polished hype video like a high school senior looking to get recruited by the Duke Blue Devils, showing that he had his red bat, he was ripping it into the cage. Geo posted it too. He posted a video of D uh, taking BP and sandals, 
It appeared to just be Torres, Gio, and Didi, the three of them hanging out together. A couple of weeks ago, Didi posted a Yankees throwback too. He was like, I don't know where the captain was. It was like, everybody's been asking for this or whatever. And I guess people have. And the comment section was just like, Glaber, Sessa, you know, Ronald Torres, all the classic 2017, 2018 Yankees chilling, inserting themselves in the conversation, having a great time, making memories. And then the three guys got together this week to take a BP session. Something or nothing. It's obviously not a done deal, and it's going to take a lot of soul searching and budget crunching for the Yankees to get Didi back and decide that they'd rather do that than overwhelm Trevor Story. Hopefully, if they do bring him back, it says something about how much they're actually willing to spend. Because if they're willing to eat money and use a, a guy who was very much below average in 2021 to fill the gap, I mean, this is what we said last year, we're picking up Zach Britton's option. Like, oh, if they're willing to spend $17 million on him, maybe they'll spend money elsewhere. And then they just absolutely did not do that. So maybe it's an indicator, maybe it's not. It's certainly going to take cash to get DD here. He's worth many available options, but it's, I would say it's 60% something. Where do you stand on this? Yeah, I mean, look, if the Yan- I, I would probably be higher, but the Yankees don't give a shit, man. They traded Luis Sessa, who was boys with a lot of people on this team. They traded Tyler Wade, who's like Aaron Judge's best friend. He was at his, he was one of the, was he was in the wedding party, wasn't he? When the pictures I we saw from, him. Yeah. yeah. So they don't give a shit. They don't care about chemistry. They trade guys, they get rid of guys, they let guys walk, regardless of if they feel they're intrinsic to the, uh, you know, the, the, the ethos or, or the, the, the fabric of the team, it doesn't really make a difference to them. Um, but Hey, once again, I'll reiterate this point. The Yankees don't need the best player at every position in order to be successful. They just need serviceable players at a few other spots to not have detrimental production offsetting what we saw last year. So yeah, Aaron judge, John Carlos Stanton finally healthy for a full season. Holy shit. It should have been a lot more exciting than it was, but Glaber Torres was giving you negative value. The corner outfield spots were giving you ne- uh, the, or at least left field was giving you negative value for half the year. Um, and uh, we had problems at first base because DJ LeMahieu wasn't fully himself when he was filling in there. Luke Voigt was injured and there were no solutions. And obviously you have the argument with Gary Sanchez. I will not bring it up any further because people will try to kill me, but once again, not great play from behind the plate. It's not really a secret at this point. If you continue to blindly defend it, then I don't know. I don't know who to forward you to, but you do need help. Um, I think it's but a hey, secret. I think it's a guy, secret he was bad. <laughs> bringing in a guy like Didi doesn't do. Look, if if we were at all discussing trading for Nick Ahmed this offseason, there is. I, I don't understand why they would pay they would pay assets for that plus his $8 million salary next year and not trade something minimal and inherit. Maybe, maybe they get the Phillies to eat 3 million, take DD for 11 million for one year. I don't think that's insane. DD also benefits from being in a better lineup. He was not entirely lights out as a Yankee guys. He was good. 270 average, 102 OPS plus 759 OPS. I understand, um, that he and he had a lot of marquee Yankee moments. I will say that too. He was a clutch hitter um, and he was a sure glove, but he wasn't the best and he wasn't close to being the best. And that just goes to show that you don't need every player at every position as the highest paid guy will, willing to do the job. Didi filled in very nicely. He did he did a totally okay job based on what, you know, what we're talking about, advanced metrics determine a 102 OPS plus is literally average. It's 2% over the average of the rest of the pack. So um, there was other, there, there was another factor there and it was Didi's personality. Um, it was the relationships he forged with the other players. It was probably the manner in which he played mentor to a guy like Labor Torres, who he was much older than and shared the middle infield with. Um, and also shared the left side of the infield with Gio Rochelle for a short time. So um, if the Yankees gave a shit about team chemistry, I would say, yeah, they might do this, but they don't. So I don't see any reason why they would. Um, and it does go to show you that this takes a toll on a roster because what reason do Glaber Torres and Gio Rochelle have to work out with Didi Gregorius in the offseason? They have no reason. There is absolutely no, no reason to do it. Look at Aaron Judge told R2C2 today that he's working out with Mike Ford in Florida. Maybe another guy that the Yankees could have 
could have kept or emphasized in a different fashion. I know he didn't have the greatest tenure either, but, you know, talk to some of these guys before you're offloading them in a trade or just on letting them walk and not really fostering the conversation about a return or what might work for both sides. So um, I think it's a whole lot of nothing, man. Unfortunately, I would like to see it though, because I, I like DD a lot. Um, and I liked what he brought to the table. There are certain things that you need people to bring to the table. Didi has that energy. Luke Voigt's another guy who has that energy, but you need more people like that to offset all the other, you know, kind of um, uh, stonewall personalities or, you know, just people who are not really um, that animated or outspoken. Um, and the Yankees seem to have, you know, Corey Kluber coming to town was like, great. Now we fully have a roster of robots. Um and uh, Didi off. Didi was fun, dude. The post game tweets, I love that shit. I ate that up every time. Um, and he clearly had an effect on a lot of guys. And I think that his depo- and look, you want to complain about his, I guess, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. His twenty twenty was actually good, but then you talk about having a full season after a shortened season. It's not it really wasn't the easiest thing to do. Um, and he also dealt with some injury issues last year, so. Uh, you could get him at a discount at this point based on that lack of production. And it might not even really, it might not even speak to what he's capable of come 2022. Um, I don't think they're going to do it though. I really don't. No, uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, let's let's talk about Luke Voigt. Let's, let's get another one of those chemistry guys out of here. Anybody (laughs) who fires up the team at all, let's, let's all, let's hightail him out of here, put him on a truck. Seems like he's done. Seems like a lot of those guys are done. Uh, Mike Ford, you know, again, not an epic Yankee, not a guy who no. deserves a starting spot necessarily, but somebody who we saw regress, uh, shocker. We love to see that. He, he's the only Yankee who's ever regressed. Um, but, of course, he meant something to Aaron Judge. And you, you can't just make a team out of just friends. That's not how roster building works. But it's not a consideration for the Yankees at all. Yeah. Uh, and you're cutting to DJ Mayhew in the postgame robotic. You're cutting a Judge, polished robotic. You're cutting to Kluber, a definition robot, textbook robot. Um, yeah, not great. I mean, Garrett Cole, is anybody motivated by what Garrett Cole has to say after a big game? Now, they always show the clip of Garrett Cole celebrating after the Stanton home run at Fenway where he's like doing dinosaur arms and he's like... That was fun. I don't even know what you'd call that. It's, it's very fun, but uh, until he brings that energy in a post-game press conference, I don't really know where that where that goes when the ninth inning ends um, into the Kermit voice. Just another thing to think about. Obviously, we're going to have a hole at shortstop for the next you know, month and a half, two months. So keep keep parsing the BP sessions. I, I do want to talk on a more upbeat note about free agency in the future. The 2025 Yankees are going to have a decision to make. Are they going to be the Yankees at that point? Are they still going to be the team that people get annoyed when they go out and talk about superstars under contract somewhere else? Because people hate that. But if we didn't do that, then we wouldn't be the Yankees. So what do you want? Do you want do you want the Yankees to be annoying and start trying to poach everybody else's players so you can hate us? Or do you want the Yankees to stop doing that and fade back into the into obscurity so you start feeling weird about the fact that you hate us? Like if we stop doing that and we're just an 85-win team and we don't sign anybody, we're going to start feeling like the Lakers. It's going to feel weird. And the modern Patriots, who hates Mac Jones? Yeah, that's very weird. Not a lot of people hate Mac Jones. So do, do you all haters, do you want Yankees? to just sit and be nervous and never sign upper tier free agents and and win between 82 and 87 games every year i don't think you actually do you think you do but you don't but trust me on the other side of things it gets quite boring if you're still hating the patriots with the same veracity that you were two years ago uh you're a weirdo you're a buffalo fan or you're a weirdo um and you probably don't want the yankees to become that all this to say are the yankees going to be a behemoth three years from now are the mets going to be what the Yankees should have been and should still be because Juan Soto is probably going to be a free agent. He turned down a 13-year, $350 million extension with the Washington Nationals. We learned that this week. So the Dodgers are going to be clearing budget. The Mets are going to be clearing budget. If for a head-to-head battle that makes a lot more sense than a Trevor Bauer battle, I'd rather have Juan Soto, controversial opinion, I'd rather go head-to-head in that arena in free agency. Are the Yankees going to be in the frame? Because 13 years, $350 million. Look, it's not, not a lot of money. It's a little bit more money than what Tatis Jr. got. Uh, there's no, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and be like, $350 million is chump change. But then again, Carlos Correa, bad back, not the kind of player Juan Soto is. He's going for 10 years, $350 million in free agency. Lindor got 10 years, 
$40 million. Juan Soto, if those guys are getting $35 million in AAV, he can hope for 40 He can shoot for 45 Max Scherzer, at the end of his rope, is getting $43 million next year, like 43.6. I mean, that's Max Scherzer, one of the game's three best pitchers, but also nearly a 40-year-old man. So 26-year-old Juan Soto hitting free agency. You don't think some team can carve out, obviously, the short-term versus long-term of it, and not to bring Bauer back. Obviously, he invented the short-term contracts. Yes. Kudos for putting that Max Scherzer deal together. But there's a difference, obviously, between overloading Max Scherzer's Bank of America account with two years' worth of millions and getting a team to clear out their future finances to pay Juan Soto $50 million annually for 12 years or 13 years. Free agent deals probably going to be more like 10 rather than 13 from the extension. But he will be 26 goddamn years old. I mean, he's going to be making between 450 and $500 million. He's probably going to be landing in a new CBA that is – not a player win, pump your fist, but certainly more of a victory for the players than the current one on the books. He's going to be making a lot of money. And so, yeah, we're going to be talking about the Yankees paying this money because the only teams in that stratosphere for someone who's 23 and is the next Ted Williams and is already better than Ted Williams at his age for power and patience, it's going to be the Mets, going to be the Dodgers, probably going to be the Red Sox. The Yankees should probably be involved there. Um, and if they're not, they're going to feel really dumb for ignoring the one Soto takes. Yeah, I mean, why would we not talk about this? Uh, like, if, any, if anybody gave us shit for talking about this, I don't even know. I'd, I'd have to meet you in a parking lot somewhere. Um, but 12 years and $480 million is a $40 million AAV. Just saying. that It's 40 even per year. Um, I don't think that's going to be unreasonable. What did Trout sign? A 430 or something? That's worth Googling. Let me Google all you talk. Google it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Soto, uh, we had every right to reject that comp, but man, if I'm 23 and someone offers me 350, I'm probably just taking it, but he's got bigger I goals in mind. Too. He's what I yeah, said, he, I get that too. I, I would yeah, definitely not begrudge it's that. totally, he's totally going to be able to make more. Um, he's hitting free agency or what he said. Nationals have got this down pat, dude. They, they get him and they, they got him and Bryce to hit free agency at like 26. Um, and they didn't take advantage of Bryce's situation. I would have signed Bryce to that contract in a second, but it worked mm-hmm. out for them. They won a World Series. Nonetheless, whenever there is – this is this could be warfare on either side. The Nats could be leaking this to be like, hey, pull Red Sox. Hey, you know, we offered what we could, and we offered him $350 million at 23 years old, and he said no. So, yeah. like, what else do you want us to do? Mm, offer more money. Red Sox, it would be, <laughs> oh, you know, we – we offered him $275 million. We thought that was fair. Yeah, and then the Dodgers offered him $90 more million. So clearly you didn't yeah. offer enough. Um, also or, fair. It's, the more money is fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, or it could be Scott Boris, who's Juan Soto's agent, leaking this and saying, ha, they offered us $350 million uh, three, year, two, what, three years before his free agency, uh, just expecting that he's not going to win You know, maybe one or two MVPs over that span to, to up his price. Yeah, get out of here. So – um, you always got to take these things with a grain of salt. Um, I think one, Juan Soto was right to reject it. Two, I think the Nationals were right to even attempt this. Um, I think it's a fair offer. It's totally fair. He's 23 years old. Again, this would be the largest contract for the second largest contract ever. Um, and he's had very minimal MLB experience despite how um, impactful he's been. Um, but yeah, when you look at the books for all these other big market teams, the Dodgers at this point will only have in 2025, he becomes a free agent after 2024. The Dodgers have only Mookie Betts and Chris Taylor under contract. And then a few other arbitration guys, Walker Bueller's gone. The entire core, as you know, it gone, no one's going to be there. So they will have plenty of space left over. Um, depending on what they do with Trey Turner could get complicated. Yankees have a little bit of a different situation. Um, assuming they sign judge to an extension. Hey, tying in the storylines, I guess. Um, they're going to have uh, Judge, who's probably going to be making, what, upper 20s, $30 million a year. Um, they're going to have Stanton. Um, they're going to have Cole. They're going to have fucking DJ LeMayhew. And they're going to have Aaron Hicks still under contract at this time. So it's a little bit more of a complicated situation. Um, I don't know exactly how you would navigate these waters. Again, Juan Soto plays right field. Aaron Judge plays right field. So a little bit of another... Uh, a little bit of an issue there. Um, but once again, you sign good players, you figure out the alignment later. I don't think there'd be an issue with Juan Soto moving around the outfield. Um, 
and you're talking about you know, the biggest baseball brand, why would they not sign, you know, the, the, like you said, this generation's Ted Williams? Um, I think it's totally why within reason. Um, Yankees could maybe theoretically get rid of one of these players by 2025 or 2026. At that point, they'll only have two, three, one, two or three years left. So someone would be happy to eat salary or take a top prospect in return. Um, I don't know, but it's totally in the wheelhouse. It's always going to be a player of this caliber. Hitting free agency is going to be in almost any team's wheelhouse who's willing to spend this amount of money or has the capacity to spend this amount of money. It's not dumb to talk about. It is premature because we've got to wait three years. Um, but how dumb was that tweet we saw yesterday of someone? If I'm, if I'm the Yankees, I propose 15 players for Juan Soto and see what they say. They'll probably fucking say yes, dude. Like, why would, why would you do that, though? We'll just wait. I don't think they're going to say yes. You're going to say yes? No, it was like... the new form system? It was like Anthony Volpe. Yeah. A, Volpe, a Peraza, Wells, Heel. Dominguez, Heel. Medina. They might say yes. I mean, it's never been a trade like that in the history of time. Nobody's, no. ever, nobody's ever given up their entire future for, again, three years of Juan Soto. So not even like Juan Soto, Juan Soto. That is true. There's no Maybe they wouldn't do that. Here. I don't know. That it's extremely weird. I, I I don't know who would I don't know who would do that. I also don't know who it was. Doug Rush, and if I may be so uncouth, who the fuck is that? I don't Why know. Why is he everywhere? He's all oh. over the place. Verified, doing like he's doing like the weird disrespect tweets about teams that have sucked for five years. Like the way that that weird um God, gosh, I saw I saw the weirdest Patriots fan today doing like. Everybody who was saying Bill Belichick was going to tank and no games and draft Trevor Lawrence. But then it came out that the Dolphins were doing that. So keep that same energy. Like, and it's like, where is your brain? What are you talking about? You're inventing news stories to get mad at? But at least that's a Patriots fan. That's someone with, like, cocky history. Doug Rush is doing it for the Giants. And so he's doing, like, he's like, Wait, I thought the Giants were a dysfunctional franchise, but now I'm learning things about other teams. Make it make sense. And it's like, the Giants are horrible. They are <laughs> dysfunctional. What are you talking about, Doug? Like, you know, oh, keep that same energy for I mean, come on, buddy, you're tweeting from the ground. You're, you're tweeting like 12-player uh, for one-player deals with the Washington Nationals just to, just to use that check mark. So if Doug's listening... Uh, Doug, tell me who you are. Just, just tell me what outlet you write for, where you came from, where Giants you're going, fire. what the overall plan. That's a real website. So, what's going yeah. on here? Um, Mike Trout's contract, by the way, was four hundred twenty-six point five million dollars. So, if I'm Juan Soto and I'm twenty-three, I'm not thinking a yeah. penny less than that. Mm-mm. And his trade, Doug Ross's trade. Sorry, go ahead. No, mm-hmm. oh, go. Oh, We're on trout. I was just saying, with, with Trout, why don't we just have Mike, the, the, Mike Trout and Bryce Harper contract should both be in Philadelphia. Well, why are they yeah. both not in Philadelphia? Or, or Mike Trout should be in Philly on a similar contract, and Bryce Harper should be playing for the New York Yankees. That's it. I'll, I'll, no one make should be able to play a lot easier. I think that's... Anywhere, no, anywhere but the Angels. Get the Angels out of here. Um, Doug Rush, verified Doug Rush, his proposal for Juan Soto. Jason Dominguez, Austin Wells, Anthony Volpe, Luis Heal, Clark Schmidt, Aaron Hicks, Oswald Peraza for Soto and Patrick Corbin. Fucking I like crazy. That Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks is involved. Well, you got to get so the so like you're taking on Corbin's contract, so the Nats have to take something. Uh, and Aaron Hicks, I think, is you know ten million a year for the next three years or something. Like that's fine. That's not going to kill you. I just favorite. I love the idea of the Nationals being like, you're nine top prospects for Juan Soto. Not into it. You have a 32-year-old center fielder who never plays. You add that. <laughs> it's a, 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 a crazy a crazy thing to even consider. Um, I don't rule out anything, so I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to laugh at this and pretend like it'll never happen. But the Yankees would never do that. The Yankees would with all the question marks the Yankees have over the next couple of years, they're not going to clean out the top seven prospects in their system for a guy that they could just sign in three years um, and who doesn't really fill a need. He's just a really good player. So, like, where would they put it? I guess you could put him in left field. Could you do that? Sure. I guess. 
Put him in left field, put Gallo in center, keep judging right. Yeah. I don't know. I'll do I'll do Oswald Peraza, Jason Dominguez, Anthony Volpe, Luis Heel, Clark Schmidt, Saquon Barkley, and Kemba Walker's expiring for <laughs> once total. Let's just, let's get it done, put it in the books. Uh that is it for this Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We told you pack show, actually, actually packed show. Mm-hmm. Um this is uh, we are over three times longer than the MLBPA MLB meeting wow. from earlier in the day. So in case anybody, Manfred and Bruce Meyer from the Fire Association side, in case you guys wanted to rehash your meeting three plus times, you could have done that while listening to this podcast. You can find the podcast if you want to do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review one last time for our buddy, Caleb Bardo. Hope you're listening. And, and make sure to drop us a mailbag question as well. Uh, did you make it all the way to the end? Then you win. You solve the puzzle. Uh, then you got to drop us that five-star, bro. You really do. See us live on YouTube on Tuesdays or Mondays and Thursdays at 2 o'clock Eastern time. I said Tuesdays because it, you know, it begins with a 2, so that's where that came from. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. That's my name and also my handle. Thomas Carinante, where can people find you? At Tommy's underscore takes, you can also find both of us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS, stands for fansided. Um, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. You know the drill, plenty of content there for you. Um, there's more lockout stuff, there's more Aaron Judge stuff, um, there's other rumblings that we're not going to give away. You're going to have to find out for yourself. Um, and most importantly, guys, enjoy the damn weekend. President's Day, we got an extra day here. Um, Relax, recharge the batteries, do something else instead of listen to baseball news. Don't even listen to us. Don't even don't maybe don't go to Yanks Go Yard this weekend. Maybe one of the days and then you use the other few to clear your mind Um, because this is draining. It's not fun. Um, There's no confidence in what these two sides are doing. And um, there's just so much more to life. There's so many other opportunities um, and things for you to do and things to explore. Um, so I just suggest expanding your brain. That's all. That's all. You heard it from Thomas Carinante. Do not visit our website this weekend. One weekend only. We'll see you, on, uh, we'll see you next week with a podcast. Probably not going to be on holiday Monday, but we'll uh, let you know when it drops. And uh, see you then, everybody. Bye. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.